I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Great to be with you on a Thursday. Thanks for joining us here on KSL News Radio. And we will be with you for the extended version of Inside Sources today. We will go all the way until 3 o'clock uh, when we'll pass the baton to Jeff Kaplan, who will guide you safely home with news, traffic, and all the information you'll need. Uh, so stay tuned to, for that at 3 o'clock. Uh, getting rolling quick today. We're going to go right to my favorite pollster, America's favorite pollster, Scott Rasmussen, uh, is on the line with us today. Scott, how are you? Well, I'm doing great, boys. It's a little warm here in New York, but I guess it's warm where you are, too. <laughs> but it's a dry heat, as people like to say. <laughs> it's a little better. Not here. <laughs> uh, well, the the political heat is clearly getting turned up uh, across the country right now, and uh, you've had uh, several polls uh, continuing to roll out on scottrasmussen.com and uh, we've got some new polling out this week latest uh, on the democratic presidential uh, race there uh, what what are you seeing what are the trends in that race right now well our numbers right now just released a couple of hours ago show joe biden still on top at 26 percent number two bernie sanders 14 percent Number three, Kamala Harris at 10%, and rounding out the top four, Elizabeth Warren at 9%. When you talk about trends, you know, really the story here is these four candidates have been at the top uh, for months now. No other candidate is reaching the 5% level of support. Um, there have been some minor shifts. You know, the, uh, Harris did a little better at times, or Warren has had ups and downs. But these four candidates have consistently been on top, and three out of four Democratic uh, voters say they would be either excited or satisfied if any of these four were the nominee. Oh, very interesting. Uh, and so as you look at that, uh, as you mentioned, there's not a, a lot of uh, change there. It looks like Biden ticked down a point or two. Harris popped up a couple. Uh, so it doesn't seem to be moving. I know we've got another uh, debate coming up here. Uh, but again, I, as I remind people, it is summer. <laughs> and a lot of people are yeah. out uh, at the beach or off on a vacation or a summer camp. Uh, are these debates in the middle of the summer, are these going to move the needle at all for any of these candidates? You know, I think the first debate uh, showed uh, the Biden campaign that they aren't going to be able to coast uh, if he has another bad debate and followed by a bad range of media coverage. Uh, it, maybe it'll move it a little bit. But I think what's really happening is we're kind of setting the stage for the fall. More people will be back. More people will be tuning in. And perhaps most important of all, by the third Democratic presidential debate, we'll be down to a more manageable field. The rules are changing, and there will only be probably about eight candidates on the stage. 
Um, and and that's a more manageable number for people to digest. Uh, of course, we can talk all we want about debates, uh, but this campaign starts when voters get involved, and that's on February 3rd in Iowa. And I think what the numbers tell us right now is that Joe Biden – almost certainly has to do well, has to win in Iowa. Um, he is perceived as the front runner. He is uh, basing his campaign that he is the most electable of the candidates. And you don't have to go all that far back uh, to remember what happens when the front runner loses in Iowa. Uh, back in 2008, Hillary Clinton came in third, and some guy named Barack Obama won the Iowa uh, caucuses, not primary, right. Iowa caucuses that day. And uh, had a pretty good run after that. And I think Joe Biden is in that same place. If he loses in Iowa, he's in real trouble. Yeah, and that's uh, I'm, I'm glad you, you raised that point. If you're just joining us, we've got Scott Rasmussen, National Pollster, uh, on the line with us today. And uh, you, you mentioned Iowa specifically, and I think that is important because often it's it's easy to look at just these national polls. But as you point out, Scott, this is a state-by-state, primary-by-primary, caucus-by-caucus uh path to, to victory. And uh, part of it is controlling expectations. As you said, I think Jeb Bush also comes to mind uh, in terms of not meeting expectations right. early. Uh, what else do we know in kind of that state by state slog? Uh, is anyone getting traction in any particular area that uh, we should be watching for? You know, I, I think uh, there's a couple of things going on this year that we should be paying attention to a little differently. The first is South Carolina is going to be a huge state. Uh, the process begins in Iowa on February 3rd. Through the month of February, there are four states to take part, Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada. And then the last one before Super Tuesday is South Carolina. That is the first primary with a heavy minority population. And one of the questions is going to be, can Joe Biden uh, continue to draw support from the African-American community or will Kamala Harris or even Cory Booker or somebody else jump in and take that? Um, so that's one thing I'm watching very carefully will be the minority vote and where that how that plays out in South Carolina. Uh, the other thing that uh, nobody knows how to factor in right now, uh, for as long as you and I can remember, uh, Iowa has always gone first. Uh, right. That was a creation of Jimmy Carter on his way to the White House, but that's just the way it's been. This year, on the day of the Iowa caucuses, uh, early voting begins in California. And so some of the candidates may be playing for California rather than Iowa. That gets into the expectations game. But California is a huge state in this process. And in early March, in an eight-day stretch, 47% of all the Democratic delegates will be selected. Uh, so how things play out there will tell us pretty quickly whether we have a front runner or whether we may be headed for what every political junkie dreams of a contested convention. <laughs> that's that's right. You can always dream of the contested convention uh, for sure. I, I want to get to the president's approval numbers uh, in just a second, but I want to ask one more thing on the Democratic side of the House. You, you mentioned California and the early voting there, uh, and they've also moved up in the calendar. So they're part of Super Tuesday now. Uh, that, right. It seems to me that that's got to be the major play for Kamala Harris. Because if she did well in her home state of California, one that would give her enough delegates to be a factor probably almost till the end. If she does poorly in her home state of California, uh, that could really be the beginning of the end for her. 
I, I think you're absolutely right there as far as Senator Harris is concerned. Uh, I think the challenge for the Democrats there might be uh, that if nobody comes away the clear winner in California, there will be so many delegates fragmented among many candidates uh, that, again, that increases the likelihood of, an, at the very least, an extended primary competition. So that's, that is a state very important for Senator Harris. Um, and looking ahead to the general election, the challenge for Democrats is they're going to be tempted to put a lot of emphasis on California because of its role in the primaries. Right. And the more you appeal to California voters in the primary, the harder a time you're going to have attracting Midwestern voters in the general election. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, real quickly, Scott, we got just a little over uh, a minute left. Again, if you're just joining us, we have Scott Rasmussen, uh, National Poster, on the line with us today. Uh, let's talk about the president's job approval numbers there. Again, not a not a lot of fluctuation despite all of the uh, different things that are going on and the different battles that he's engaging in. Uh, any Anything interesting we should be watching for in those numbers? Look. Since January 28th, basically since the end of the government shutdown, we release numbers every single day on the president's job approval, and they have never varied more than two points from 46%. Uh, very similar to what we saw in the Obama years when his numbers hovered around 47% all the time. Uh, I think that the stability tells us a lot about the political divide in America, because none of the news stories of the last six months, and boy, there have been plenty of them, none of them have moved the needle. Uh, there's another 3 to 4% of people who disapprove of the president but think things Things would be worse if Hillary Clinton was in the White House. That 3 to 4 percent, very significant part of the population when you look ahead to election 2020. Uh, if they conclude that the Democrats nominate somebody too far to the left or somebody who makes Donald Trump look like the lesser of two evils, the president will have uh, a much better path to reelection. All right, there we go. Scott Rasmussen, scottrasmussen.com. Uh, great polling, uh, great daily uh, emails that come out from Scott that give uh, insight, not only on the uh, the horse race of the, the political side, but really some of the things we should be watching in the country as a whole. Scott, always appreciate your insight, and uh, we'll have you back soon. Look forward to it. Thanks, Boyd. All right, once again, that's Scott Rasmussen, pollster, scottrasmussen.com. Polling, uh, always great insight. Uh, so much great experience in terms of what happens in the polling process. And I, I think it's interesting to to note what Scott was saying, that not a lot of shifts are happening despite all of the various news cycles. Uh, we'll pick up on one of those news cycles, the president's tweet and uh, his rally in North Carolina last night. We'll go ahead and we'll step aside. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. You're listening to Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back.